Hi, welcome to take four, the first episode of the Dollar Menu Midcarters. It's the fourth time we've sat down to do this shit. And it don't work this time. We're just going to gracefully bow out of the podcast business. I don't know how the hell these guys do this. Yeah, this is this is ridiculously not easy and not headache-free for something that should be so easy and headache-free. But regardless, the first one is now being recorded again, 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 again. So we're going to talk about the return of anarchy, Circus Maximus 2018. Right, but uh, before we get into that, we're going to talk about stuff that's made the news here in the last 24 hours. Oh, we were going to make that a whole segment. But all right, yeah, we're going to we're going to talk about what we're going to start calling a week in wrestling. It's going to be are. that's what we're going to call it. Yeah, we're going to it's, it's a segment. It's got to have a name. Uh, it's going to be delayed, I guess, by a bit, but we can always record this and throw it in sure. if something new happens. Sure. Um, but uh, as of recording this, it is what December or Jan Jesus. It's January 6, 2019. And uh, Wrestle Kingdom has just happened. Yeah, we watched it yesterday. And it was good. I liked it. I didn't like it as much as I liked last year's, but it was. I liked it. Yeah. I like Tanahashi, but I feel like that match should have been 10 minutes shorter. I don't know. Like, I... length to me doesn't mean epicness. Like, the emotion of the match is what gets you. And, like, at the end of the match, like, he's he's moving slow. He's breathing heavy. And, like, but he's still wrestling and they're still treating it. Like he's not, you know what I mean? It's not like an old like vet on his last. It's not like a taker match where like he's fighting with everything he's got, trying to remain relevant. It's just like, oh yeah, no, it's fine. He hit that sling blade that looked like not great, but still Tanahashi. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't know. I didn't like it as much as last year's, but I still liked it. I think my favorite match was probably Ishii and Zack Saber. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like that one. I liked Osprey and Ibushi. Yeah, the camera work on that was real good. Yeah. But what overshadowed Russell Kingdom oh, Christ. was a tampon. I was hoping we wouldn't talk about this. <laughs> you know what? Like My thoughts on that, it didn't offend me. Uh, it takes a lot to actually offend me. But I, I, did, I thought about it a little bit today because, I mean, every time I get on social media, the damn thing's on there. And to me, I it's, you know... I feel like you're kind of taking away the fans' choice almost on whether or not they want to be at something like that or support something like that. Like, I feel like fans, if they go to a bar show, they know what they're going to get. Like, yeah. maybe it'll be stronger language. Maybe there'll be blood. And this was a bar show. And so, but I don't feel like you go to a bar show and go, anything could happen. We may see someone pull their tampon out. We may see someone run nude across the fucking building or something. And I feel like what what what's the cutoff? You know, what what when does it become too much? Like I understand the whole art aspect of it all, but at the same time, I'm like, you mean you know, if you're watching hardcore pornography, you know what you're gonna sit down and watch. And I feel like, you know, you're almost taking the choice away from the person whether or not they want to support something like that because you're just doing it because it happens in the confines of a pro wrestling show and. I don't know. I, I don't know where that line is. I know where it is for me, and I, I thought it was a bit much, but I, I wasn't, like, offended to my core or anything. I mean, as somebody who's wrestled Joey Ryan and sucked the sickle, Popsicle. No, it's not Popsicle. I'm sorry. Um, Tootsie Pop. Uh, like, to me, it's kind of the same, but, like, I don't know, man. Like, to me, it's like comedy, where you have no barriers in comedy, but... Y- but if it doesn't work 
it doesn't work. And to me, it just didn't work. It just felt cheap. Well, it's definitely 50-50. There's people yeah. that hate it. There's people that don't. Yeah. It just felt unearned. It was just like something something gross to be gross. Like, because it, it's not established. It's something they just did. Maybe she establishes it from here forward that she can do once a month, but maybe she doesn't. I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting, I guess. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I just don't know what where that line is of like, oh, well, people are talking about it, so it must be great. Like, there has to be a line to that. If if I if if at a show we have someone come out, and we just blow their head off in the middle of the ring. People are gonna talk about it, but it's, it's art, not, brother. Paint it with a brush. Right, it's not good. So well, no. Like the next thing will happen is somebody will try and one up it, and some guy will pull a butt plug out and right. Like, so where does it stop? Yes. and and that's where. I feel like you're pushing the barriers uh, of the art of art, right? Yeah. That art argument to me does have a line, and it does this cross it? I don't know. I'm not, you know, we're not the jury of that. But no. anyway, moving on into your notes here for Circus Maximus. I don't even care that you're making fun of our notes <laughs> for my, the right fourth now. time. For the fourth time, I'm making fun <laughs> of notes, and I don't even care. So, yeah, uh, what is St. Louis Anarchy? Uh, it's a promotion that we started. Uh, it's an offshoot of LWA, which, you know, for the last two years, I, I'm longer than that. I don't even know how long. I booked that. Uh, me and Sam Lacey kind of ran it then. But, I had nothing to do with it. But it was uh, never really our promotion. So, you know, we wanted something that was ours. Our crowds had drastically went down you know uh lwa we used to draw i don't know between 250 300 maybe on a really good one but yeah. it, we were doing that every other week uh, we weren't drawing less than 150 right we never well and this is in missouri sure. where everybody's got to be licensed right there's to be insurance and, guardrails unless you're broadway well and no names like we weren't like uh, you know towards the end of lwa we brought in names but I mean, we did really good crowds with no names, and mm -hmm. we weren't veterans yet or nothing like that. It was just a whole bunch of dudes, but uh, eventually... And it, and it wasn't just friends and family, too. Like, let me just make well, that clear. Well, Sam's co-workers are yeah. a lot of them. I'll yeah. say that. You, we have to own that. We were drawing 300 people, but a buck 20 of that was always Sam's co-workers, so we got to own that. But, yeah, but I mean, they they became fans, too. Like oh, at, yeah. at some point, like... They are coworkers, but they've also enjoy what they're going to see. Right. We uh but those numbers took a fucking nosedive. And we our last our last event in House Springs, which was our number one venue that we ran every other week and we drew those big crowds in that venue, we drew thirty eight people with Colt Cabana and El Generico on the card. It was so bad El Generico retired from pro wrestling. <laughs> but you know, even before that, though, our numbers and, you know, it was like a constant down, down, down. So we knew we needed to make a change, and that's what Anarchy was going to be. Uh, we brought in names, so like, you know, Samoa Joe, Chris Saban, Alex Shelley, Austin Aries, Quackenbush, Davey Richards, before he came to Anarchy, came to LWA. You know, we had those guys, but the, the rest of the roster was guys that worked, you know, all the locals, Dynamos and everything like that, and... I kind of wanted to get away from that. Um, I wanted to have roster that you could really only see in St. Louis if you came to Anarchy. And more so, I wanted... A lot of these guys around here weren't what I would call hungry. 
you know, they were, you know, let's go, I just want to get this done so we can go get some fucking hot wings after the show kind of thing, where I wanted guys who wanted to fucking go somewhere and wanted to tear the house down and wanted to have great matches. And that was kind of what this transition was when Anarchy started. So we ran Anarchy for five years, six years, five years, something like that. And then I signed the contract with NWL. That's why it went away. What is NWL? Briefly. Uh, uh, I always tell people when I explain it to them, it was the equivalent of hitting the wrestling lottery. Everybody who runs an indie would sit there and say, God, man, if I had a million-dollar backer, we'd do big things. Well, we didn't have a million-dollar backer, but a millionaire decided he wanted to start a wrestling show. He hired Chris Goff to run it. Chris Goff hired me to help, and it was a full-time salary with benefits to write and book pro wrestling. So I I would have been dumb not to take that contract, especially at a time where I was thinking about getting out of wrestling altogether anyway. So, I mean, honestly, we haven't ever really talked about it. In my mind, going into 2017, that was the year NWL was around, like, I, in my mind, was like, by March or May, we'll have the last Anarchy show. Because you were going to be moving. Yep. And I didn't know if I wanted to do it anymore. I mean, we had been doing it for so long, and I was ready to kind of move on. So, even if NWL never happened, there was a good chance Anarchy would have had its last show in March. I mean, who knows if that would have really happened, but mm-hmm. I, I was seriously considering it. And we were still drawing good crowds. They were down some, but I think that had a lot to do with the double shots. I think those were a bad idea. I think we want, we tried, we wanted to give the fans more shows, but we didn't want, like, there's a lot of effort putting these things on. Especially because at that time... Like a lot of times during that double shot, the ring wasn't stored in the venue. No, we'd have to we'd have to get a trailer loaded up and then right. Haul so it. we thought, you know, to make it easier on us, we'll just do double shots every other month. Mm-hmm. And we we don't like to disappoint the fans, and the fans liked them, but for us, it was horrible because we were cutting our fan base almost in half. I would say if if seventy five percent of the fan base was coming out on Friday. Or a Saturday, only fifty percent were coming out to the other one. You know what I mean? So we yeah. were, we were always kind of down one day to the other. We weren't packing the building both nights. We really weren't packing the building either night, and it, it, things were kind of getting not bad. But we we were kind of being stubborn. We didn't want to admit that the double shots were probably a bad idea, so we kept trying to do them, hmm. and it was it was bad. So we should have. Not done that, but well, also like in our like this isn't our defense. Like we were looking at it as like, oh, we're getting discounts on names because we'd get Tommaso Ciampa for two nights, Johnny Gargano for two nights. Like, right? We'd look at it like that, not thinking like, well, right. those two nights, brother. If you don't got to pay for everything else, and yeah, that, that like the venue for two days, and that mm-hmm. that it was definitely an undertaking that we shouldn't have done. So, or at least once we did it, it should have been like, okay, this isn't yeah, working. Yeah, this isn't going to work. But we didn't want to admit that that was a failure. We didn't want to disappoint the fans, so we kept struggling through it. And it, boy, that was a bad idea. But you know, anyway, that's what like I hit the wrestling lottery, and 
you know. Let's circle back. Why was it called Wrestling League? I know oh, a lot of people well, wonder that, and may, maybe a lot of people don't know. Because Major is petty. He wanted, petty. He wanted to call it the National Wrestling League. There's something out in the East Coast. Maybe it's a wrestling school or like a little indie or something. I had never heard of it, and I still haven't ever seen it pop up. Huh. But he was going to buy. He, I mean, it was a lot of money. I'm not going to say the specific amount of money, but I'll say it was more than $15,000 that he was going to pay this guy to um, buy the name. The guy agreed. Lawyer, Major's lawyer drew up paperwork. Last minute, guy backed out. Major, I don't know. Let me tell you something. Someone offers me twenty grand for the St. Louis Anarchy name. We'll change it to Anarchy and Alton, and I'll take that twenty grand. I thought you said you weren't going to say how much it was. You just <laughs> just gave away the goose. I don't care. It's, <laughs> that's that's what this podcast is going to be. Like we are going to not hold back. You so I mean, I'm out of the business as far as a wrestler goes. I'm you're, in the business. You're. Half in, half out in this business as far as the wrestler goes. I'm like, a limp fish in this can, business. We can burn any bridge we want. So, yeah. <laughs> so, as the kids say, tuck your thumbs. <laughs> so, yeah. 20 grand on the table. Guy <laughs> walks away from it. Major's a petty dude. So, he's like, well, fuck it. Uh, his girlfriend actually has said, or his wife now, uh, why don't you just call it wrestling with a W? And he's like, yeah, okay. And we were saddled with that, which was a fucking disaster to even start. But we were making wrestling great again. Yeah, that's a whole other thing that was done. But that's for a different <laughs> time. Anyway, I hit the wrestling lotto. That's why I, uh, anarchy went away. And much like people who hit the lottery have no idea what to do with money, in a year it was all gone. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's a nice little segue there. Yeah, thank See, you. See, you do this four times, you start, <laughs> we'll get start it. rolling right on through. Yeah, yeah, you know, it didn't work out. Uh and I had started thinking about, you know, because when this, when this went away, Anarchy was done. And I had said this, I've said this on Greg's podcast, where I dive in to something full bore. So during fucking uh, NWL, I did not watch one second of any Anarchy that we ever did. And ever since Anarchy's come back, I actually... I wanted to see the six-man that the Besties and Gary had with the Howitz and Strider. So, like, two weeks after the company closed, I watched that. I hadn't watched any NWL, not a second of it since, until uh, Sean was over here a few days ago. He's like, I want to watch uh, Thor and Wyatt, that one that was really good. So, we watched it. That's the first. That's the only NWL I'll probably ever watch again, because it's over. So, <laughs> I always figured, like, that was it. Anarchy was over. I... You know, I was kind of getting out of wrestling anyway. I I didn't think I wanted... You know, it's very difficult to... This is a hustle. Like, you know, yeah. trying to sell tickets and hoping that you draw people and hoping you don't lose money. There's no guarantee in it, I guess, is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. It's very difficult to go from that fucking direct deposit hitting your bank every other week to going back to go, like, well, hopefully, you know, we do well. You got to think about your real life here. And I like to have electricity and shit. And, you know, you got to, if you lose money, you lose money. So you saying you can't pay your bills on exposure bucks. <laughs> so I'm, it's difficult to just say like, oh, I'm going to go back into doing that. So I had no intentions to, uh, you know, the wrestlers would always tell me how much the fans love the product and I always believed they did, but I didn't understand how much. And I'm not like, 
out there in front of the people talking to every fan we have to really know how passionate they were. Well, in fairness, you're not a very social person. You're not even talking to half the boys in the back anyway. <laughs> no, I don't really. You hate people. Talk to a lot of people, but uh, I started seeing though, like you know, uh, PWCS runs in Spalding, and then for a while, Glory ran in Spalding, and oh, how did they get that? We, we sat that up for them, or oh. I did, because I, I was real worried about uh the hall lady megan and her dad and everything were always really good to us still are and i i felt bad because like, i mean we're taking away when we were doing double shots now we're taking away you know rent from them beer is always good for them and we're that's all going away now those pizzas and even with greg running there he was only going to do every other month so I was like man they're still going to be losing so you know when elgin wanted to run a show because anarchy was going away i you know helped him get that building and did uh, you take him hand in hand we didn't hold hands no oh. I, I walked him into the hold hands really. skipping in yeah. hello this <laughs> is mike i carried him in there yeah. like a baby and handed him to megan said here he is <laughs> uh so they were having really good shows in there and bringing in names they picked up right where we left off and those shows were really good, but the fans would still say things like, well, man, like these shows are great, but they're not anarchy. So that's when I kind of started to see, man, like people really, you know, loved anarchy. And then like three, four months would go by, and it's not a long stretch of time, but it's a long enough stretch of time where, you know, people move on. And uh, they would still talk about anarchy and talk about how much they miss it. And I felt bad because we did that stupid fucking... uh, Uprising? Right. Like when Major shut down St. Louis and we needed a way out of it. How'd that go? Jesus. It was kind of a good... It's a funny story because people think that that was all work and it wasn't. I didn't know about it. The only thing we knew is that he sent Chris a text that said, uh, you know, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Coming from a guy who never fucking wrote a second or booked a second of wrestling ever. And so I didn't know. So I, all I remember is that Orange is, the New Black, Orange is the New Black had just come out on Netflix, the new season. So I thought, fuck it. I closed my laptop, ordered me a pizza, fired that up, and just started watching it. Figuring eventually I would learn if I'm fired <laughs> or what's going on. So he called me finally, majored at about 4 o'clock. He's like, oh. I bet you're nervous. I was like, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm eating pizza, watching Orange is the New Black. I figured you'd get a hold of me eventually. And then that's when he had said, well, we're not doing Casa Loma anymore, but I don't want to shut down St. Louis. Like, how do we get out of this? Mm-hmm. And the anarchy stuff was my idea. I do. I, I regret it, I guess, because I hate using that name. And Well, wasn't it supposed to be called Uprising at first? There was going to be like a stable, because St. Louis was going to start having its own like storyline. St. Louis was going to, we couldn't, Major always tried to get TV here. That's something that he really did try to do that, you know, people may not give him credit for, but he did try, but it wasn't going to happen. So (laughs) we, St. Louis was going to get transitioned to a house show town like it did. (laughs) But it was going to have its own stories, and it was going to be allowed to maybe have stories that conflicted with maybe what was going on on TV. Because 
all of our other house show towns were TV towns, so they had to be, you know, had to all make sense. But St. Louis wasn't. So we were going to have this stuff going on where you would have, like, Gary and Vega and Fitchett and Outlaw. They were all going to go back to their old, you know, their actual names. And then uh, Major was going to be heel and have, like, Maverick with him and shit like that. It would have been neat, but none of it ended up really happening. But we did have some really good, like... House shows here, like the stuff Gary and Maverick did was really good. I almost choked on him. Somebody threw a uh, ceiling fan. Right. So, you know, yeah. it was what it was, but I felt bad because we used the Anarchy name. So for Anarchy fans that didn't transition to NWL, it may have gotten them excited. Like, well, maybe they're going to do some Anarchy stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was never going to be that. So then a little while later, I had had this idea. It's like, I, no matter what, I was like, I'm going to run one more, one anarchy show. Rather, it's, you know, a one night stand type deal. So then I got into the whole talking to them about it and Chris was all for it and it was going to happen. Uh, either it was going to be just, it was just going to be me running it, my own finances and shit off, like away from NWL but as I was trying to get Major to agree to it, that's when you know everything started falling apart, and then he closed the company down. So, and you knew about that months in advance, so you had socked away a lot of money, <laughs> yeah, planned yeah. a couple things I out. Knew about it about five days in advance, but but what I had done, the reason we were able to launch Anarchy pretty much the day, like he had the conference call that closed NWL I think at 10 a.m. and by 12:30 I was at, we announced the return of anarchy but that's because I had already gotten the social media passwords and shit back and had that cuz we were going to do the a one show anyway so I'd already yeah. took steps to get ready for that so it was an easy transition from NWL closing to relaunching anarchy okay well, let's take a minute and hear from our sponsors. Who are zero. Yeah, but... We're I mean, going to make sure... That what we're really going to do is stop here and make sure this saves. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, but I'll put like a little thing in here. So, okay. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, so if you guys listen to this, that means everything has worked out for the best and you have a podcast to listen to. Congratulations, you and I guess us. Um, it's Evan and... Just reminding you, the Gateway Anarchy is Friday, January 11th, Spalding Hall, Alton, Illinois. Front row, 25 bucks. General admission, 15 Add $5 for the pre-party. Actually, I think front row sold out. I'm not re-recording it, so suck it. Also announced is Orange Cassidy defending his newly won title against Heidi Kingston. We'll see you there. And a big thank you to our sponsor, which is probably just me trying to sell those little buddy dolls. <laughs> so before we get talking about the card, I wanted to talk about the pre-party. Yeah. Because that's not something we did beforehand. And no. not something a lot of people, actually no one did around here. Well, right. It was, uh, I wanted to have another form of revenue that wasn't just a live ticket. Because I felt like our first run, that was always a problem. As we were living and dying off of just someone buying a ticket. We never had T-shirts. We never had anything really. Yeah. Uh, even not even DVDs for the most part. I mean, we would have them sometimes. Wouldn't have them. But anyway, I wanted to have another form of revenue, but I also didn't want to price gouge our fan base, which I feel a lot of places do. Uh, I think it's stupid to book like if I'm going to book Hollow Wicked. Yeah. You're going to hopefully come pay to see him. I'm not going to sit there and fucking go okay. 
if you want to come in the building half hour earlier, pay another $30, you can meet Hollow Wicked. I, I think that's dumb. There aren't many people on the face of the earth that I'm going to pay a ticket and an extra fee to go meet the person. And I think that it price gouges your fan base. So in my opinion, the goal is to have a reasonable ticket price and you try to get new fans. Either you do or you don't. And then the pre-party was a way to have another form of revenue that I felt didn't price gouge the fans. And I wanted it to be something that wasn't just you walk in the door early and you see the anarchy wrestlers standing behind their merchandise and that's it. Like To me, that's dumb to charge somebody more money for that because they're going to get that when they come in anyway. So what's the point? So that's why we had like the heel wheel and the beer pongs. I just wanted different shit. Uh, I think we had the besties in the ring the first time with a merch table so people could come in the ring and get pictures taken. Yeah. Just wanted it to be different. So, you know, I, th- I thought $5 was fair uh, to do. So we did it. Uh, I felt July was real cool. I felt that at the joint show, we really dropped the ball on it. There was nothing. Uh, I felt in September, we dropped the ball on it because there was nothing. There was ACH, but not everybody likes him. You know, just on the microphone saying that we actually had a fan who wanted a refund of his $5 because he thought it was horrible. I mean, he's more like DJ Request where somebody's like, yo, can you play this? And he's like, oh, man, that's my new beat. Yeah. And the second they turn their back, he like mean mugs him and then just plays whatever he wants instead. Right. So uh, I felt we hit a good stride with the rap battle. I thought that was fun. I thought people liked it. Mm. Well, not everybody liked it. <laughs> but I liked it. But... uh you know, Fitchett and Connor did great. Little less like Fitchett was extremely, like, legitimately nervous for that rap battle. <laughs> He's like, I've never done nothing like that. Like, he he was really nervous. Like, for him, it wasn't, like, f- like a joke. Like, it was a joke. Like, he didn't really go out there like, I'm going to shit all over Connor. But it was like, I'm nervous to go out there and do this. And uh, he did great. The whole thing was really fun. And that, then I was like, okay, so going forward that's what we're going to do with the pre-event party. So there'll always be like an extra match, but I also want there to be like a rap battle. An attraction. Uh, right. In March, breaking news for the podcast listeners. Breaking news. We're going to do the uh, Everett Connors magic show. What can't that kid do? <laughs> so there's always going to be a little silly, entertaining thing that's going to go along with the pre-party. And, you know, that's pretty much what that's going to be. But I feel like we finally hit a decent stride. Like, we have the scare box that'll be Friday right. when people come. Uh, so, yeah. Now, you can see all the shows on powerbomb.tv. And if you use the promo code STLANARCHY, you get 20 days free. Yeah. You will not see any of the pre party stuff. So, you no. have to come to that. Yeah. You have to give us five bucks. Yep. In our hands. Yep. Put that shit, little mans or women's. I don't know. See, I'm not good at rapping either, yeah. so I understand what you will not be involved in a rap battle. Oh, thank God, <laughs> I do not look good in a bandana. <laughs> so the first match out of the gate, let's switch over. Is um, the well, wait match, a minute, right? hold on. There what? was one failure I feel that I think we need to readdress. What's that? And that is, of course, the spaghetti <laughs> dinner disaster. <laughs> Twenty eighteen. That's I started that hashtag disaster. <laughs> yep. If you'll look back, I started Spaghetti Dinner Disaster at uh, St. Louis Anarchy. Look. <laughs> Hashtag shit fed. I wanted to do the Spaghetti Dinner as a joke. Uh, I, some fans might remember like the Ian Rotten 
spaghetti dinners that Mid-South used to do. Like, they would be going out of business, and they would hold, like, this big spaghetti dinner. Oh, I remember. And then the company would be saved. So, we would joke. We always joked about that. So, I was actually, me and Deborah went on Hardy's drive through getting dinner. And I was like, man, I really want to do a spaghetti dinner. I think that'd be funny. And it's like, well, we'll do one. And I was like, eh, I don't know. It's like, well, I have a, we have like the crock pot shit to put it in. It's like, all you got to do is buy the stuff. I'll make it. I was like, all right, fuck it. So right there, cause I, I'm not good about waiting. That's probably, yeah, I know. And, and as a promoter, I guess that might be my one downfall. Cause like, if it's something I'm excited for, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, the fans are going to fucking think this is funny or it's a big match. They're going to look like or prime example. David like, Arquette. Well, the prime, that, oh. he's not even a good example of that, but the, the DDT guys are. Like, yeah. uh, we had got set up with that, and I was like, man, this is really cool. And then we announced it, but then 10 minutes later, fucking Elgin had said, like, oh, nope, not going to happen. Or no, it wasn't even Elgin, it was the other guy that helped set that up. Um, they're like, oh, not going to happen, they're going to be in Canada, sorry, it was a miscommunication. Uh, so... Actually, I probably should get into the story now since we've went that far. Yeah, go for it. it. Yeah, sure. (laughs) So Elgin had messaged me about these DDT young boys that were going to be in the States, asked if I wanted to use them. I said I would. Uh, They were traveling with uh, Manders, I think, or they were living with him. So I tell Elgin, let me know when it's confirmed and I can announce it and all that. He texts me back, says, yeah, you're good to go. So... I probably should have waited 24 hours because I normally do that, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I was like, this would be cool. Fans are going to love this, so I just went ahead and announced it. Ten minutes later, I get a mess IM from Mander saying, oh, I didn't know they are going to be in Canada, so it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I was like, oh, well, fuck. So I had to hurry <laughs> up and get rid of it. So that's what I mean. Like, If I think it's something that's really cool, I'll get excited. I mean, the fans are going to love it, so I'll just announce it. Yeah. And I probably should be better about waiting because then that can happen. And the spaghetti dinner is another example because I announced that spaghetti dinner and uh, I was like, this is going to be hilarious. Well, with having Gresham and the seminar and oh, Hollow Wicked, Wicked, having to pick them both up from the airport. At different times, mind right, you. Right. Know? It, it, it was a whole thing. We didn't even have a production meeting before that show because it was so crazy. Like, Hectic. You know, yeah. So... Spaghetti dinner kind of got lost in the shuffle, so the, the, the spaghetti canceled. But spaghetti dinner disaster. Yeah, I'll do what I can to make it up to the people. I'm sure they're still reeling over the spaghetti not happening. Well, I know how to make some great garlic bread. Got the recipe from Rachel <laughs> now, see, herself. I'm, I'm not doing that. I, it was just going to be noodles and sauce. If people... No one brought sides, so... The, the anarchy like potluck. <laughs> Bring us your cookies. <laughs> Getting into the card? Yeah, we'll get into the card right now. I just wanted to let you take a sip of that sweet cherry Pepsi. <laughs> Not sponsoring us, but they should be. Uh, the first match is the pre-party match. It's yeah. Logan James, Waterman, Micah, Shane Sanders, and Slade Porter. And all these guys, terrible. <laughs> no, they're good. Uh, they are, yeah. Mighty Mike is a lot better like than I thought he would be. Uh, he's gotten pretty good. I mean, he's got potential. Uh, Slade Porter is a guy I, I had worked him in Atlanta, and I know him. No, I worked him in Atlanta for wow. AWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he was from Florida, though. I knew him from there. He came up when we brought up that Florida car that time. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
he's a good kid. He keeps improving. He does a lot of vid- online video promos and stuff, which is good stuff to try to get your character over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan James, I didn't know much about him. He was recommended to me by Elgin. He's like a, a new Elgin student, so I gave him an opportunity. Waterman's an NWL guy. Same with Sanders. And Sanders is the guy that sleeps in his car if he don't get on the main show. Well, or the pre-show. <laughs> but Shane, he's been wrestling for years. He He's fine. He just needs to not sleep in his fucking car. Heat. I'm saying he was cold, so he needed to turn on the heat. Yeah. Uh, the first match was uh, was supposed to be a surprise match, wasn't it? But yeah. you just, you got excited. <laughs> no. We got excited. Uh, originally, yeah, this was going to be a surprise, but we went ahead and announced it. But it was Wyatt and Hoodie. Um, people know how, like, Wyatt to me, Wyatt's always been good, but something happened mm-hmm. to where now, I, I mean, Wyatt's one of legitimately, in my opinion, the best pro wrestlers in the world. Um Little things like if you appreciate little transitions or callbacks, like if Wyatt works a guy three times, he's gonna do callbacks to those matches that are gonna be fantastic. Like you have to almost be. I mean, anybody will look at Wyatt go, "This guy's good," but if you really are like a fan that studies the business and like watches these matches intently, you really appreciate how good Wyatt is because he's so good at the little things. Yeah, he's a master of like transitions and knowing when to use certain things. Like I feel like, and I'm sure we'll talk about our opinions on wrestling later. But like Wyatt knows when to use what and when to like when to not. You right. know what I mean? Like he's so fucking good at that shit. It hurts. Like as a wrestler, it doesn't really hurt. Me well, it hurts me because I'm still wrestling. And he's <laughs> so much better than fucking I ever was or would be. Like if you combine me and Gary. And Vega, maybe we're on his level. <laughs> Wyatt's very good. He is. Um, Hoodie, trash. Yeah, Hoodie. Can't even just, chain wrestle. <laughs> no. Hoodie's a guy that has a ton of potential. He really came into his own uh, towards probably the back end of uh, NWL. He had some great matches with Gary and Vega and Dak and uh, Thor. You know, he's really good. Uh, I do feel like now he's kind of still trying to find himself in the anarchy world. Uh, some guys get intimidated by like the building, and you know when you're telling them like, "Hey, look, yeah, we'll get into it more of it later when we get the Rashid's match." But I, I, I told some of these NWL guys coming in, you know, this is a different animal. Like, yeah. you're not going to be able to go out there and fuck around, pretty much. Like these fans will call you out on it, and I feel like Hoodie maybe took it a little bit too seriously to where he kind of got got intimidated, but he got in his head, yeah. yeah. So, but once it, I always feel like with wrestlers, it, it you're not gonna hoodie's too good for it not to eventually like click again. Mm-hmm. And I always tell guys that have potential, I go eventually something will happen. You can't, you don't know when, you don't know what, you don't know really know why, but eventually it just clicks, and then you're good, and then you just start becoming even better and better and better. And that's what'll happen with hoodie. Eventually something will happen, and it'll just click. And he'll be just as over here as he was in NWL. He's too good not to be. Uh, but yeah, this was a fine match. Uh, you know, it, it, Hoodie did well. It was a great way to start the show, honestly. Right. It starts the show off hot. And then we move into the tag match, which is the returning Roscoe Eat Lisa, the last Anarchy Tag Champions. And God knows where those belts are. So for yeah. those of you who are like, we'll just bring those belts back. Don't Brother, know. they're to the wind. 
just like one flyer every time we promote. Those are to the wind. Yeah, I don't know where they are. And uh, they're taking on two of the smoothest. The Regal Twins. Yeah. I was going to let you, I'm not even going to let you get into it. Uh, Regal Twins, like, to piggyback, we were just talking about, like, if you bring in just two dudes with their skill set, they're going to get over. But in Anarchy, they're still, you know, trudging along because they're known as being like the face of NWL. So like the St. Louis fans are like, yeah, you know, we are not the St. Louis fan, but our Anarchy fans are like, oh, fuck NWL, so fuck you guys. <laughs> so, you know, they're, and, and it's just the way it is. And But, you know, they're still at it and they're a great team. They're good dudes. I get to talk basketball with them, so they'll always have a job with me. Yeah. I mean, Wyatt I can talk basketball with, the Twins, Sharkbait, Vega. Yeah, I've been traveling with you for 15 years, (laughs) and we've never talked basketball. But anyway, the Regal Twins are great dudes. Uh, Roscoe, Lisa, obviously, they're fan favorites. They had Uh, one of my favorite moments with their entrance, where the fans, like, held their beers up and they got to walk under them. I thought that was fucking awesome. Well, and, you know, they're, again, our first run, they were real over. Um, I wanted to have them on the show. It was a little bit more difficult because they, you know, they had heat with one another. That's why they left NWL. Uh, they did not get along. That's their story to tell as to why. I don't, I don't know why, but they were not friends anymore. So when we were going, when I knew I was bringing Anarchy back, I hit up Mikey, uh, cause he was the one that was still active and I told her, I go, Mikey, I'd really like to have you for this, uh, but I'd really like you to tag with Zach. I, I feel like if I just have you, fans are going to be looking at me like, well, where the fuck is Zach? Why would you not have Roscoe eat Lisa? So I guess, you know, it had been a while since I had talked to Mikey, but he had told me that they were back on speaking terms. So I had asked if they could, you know, I was like, hey, can you make this work out? And he said he would talk. he was supposed to talk to Zach that night. He'd let me know. He let me know they would be good to go. So I mean, that's how we were able to have them. And that was cool. The fact that, you know, in a way, Anarchy was able to bring them back together. Aww. <laughs> and, yeah, it was great to have them on the show. Yep. And next up is uh, Sharkbait Anthony Gutierrez versus Little Hollywood Hills himself, Everett Connors. Yeah, different Connors than the first run, obviously. Uh, I feel this is what he would have become had it not, because he, right. was, he was already into the pop thing. Right. But, like, yeah. No, this is what he was going to do. He was going to eventually have the falling out with the cause and fight you guys and get to be this character. Uh, you know, Connors a different kind of dude. He He is a guy. There are guys who don't necessarily like the performing mm-hmm. aspect of wrestling. They just like the bell-to-bell match part of wrestling, where Connors is almost the complete opposite. He likes the character and the performing part of wrestling, and the bell-to-bell he tolerates because you have to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But he's still good at the bell-to-bell. Right, but you know he really sinks his teeth into the character stuff. That's why in NWL, the pop star thing, he loved doing that because we got to film the song and we had so much shit with that i wanted to do we did the song we were going to do a music video rashid had actually contacted a hip-hop bar and a country bar and they were going to book connor to come perform <laughs> that would have been great and, and not have any idea 
like what he was. Oh my we God. were just going to go in there with a camera and film it and see what happened. <laughs> and then we were going to do a second single. We had so many plans for that character. And, yeah. uh, and whatever happened? Well, NWL closed, but even before <laughs> oh. Con- yeah, Connor became not as available for shows, so it kind of got a little bit more difficult. But the pop star shit he loved, and then but they had him do that bullshit at Glory where he was, what was he, pretty reckless? Very, very... Connors, yeah, pretty reckless. Like yeah. it, that was that was dumb, and it, you he just he loves the character stuff, and he got he gets to do that, and that's why he en- it enjoys it in Anarchy so much because he gets to do that stuff. He gets to bleach his hair and put braids in, and then Shark Bait's kind of the other way. Like he 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 is who he is. Dude's a legitimate badass. Like he. He just needs more reps. He don't. He's got some of the fastest strikes I've ever seen. If he if he was getting reps, if he was wrestling once, twice a week, every weekend, and getting matches, he would be. He he has tons of potential. You can see it now, and he don't wrestle that often. But that's because he's focused on fighting and wrestling. Like his yeah. his fight career is like where his wrestling career. He could break out either way and. He's focused on both, so he doesn't really get the reps that he should get. But, you know, he's still got a ton of potential. This was a good match. Uh, both these guys will be doing cool stuff in Anarchy. Yep. And then a match that wasn't that was supposed to happen, but with a different combatant. It's Angelus Lane yeah. against uh, Savannah. Yeah, it was supposed to be Lane and Marty, uh, which I thought that atmosphere would have been really cool because Lane was an Anarchy roster member. Marty was like NWL, and we had sold so many tickets to the Kansas City side where I felt like we're going to have a really cool atmosphere. We're going to have people booing Marty, people booing Angelus. It's going to be a neat atmosphere. That was kind of lost when Marty couldn't do it. Like the Stone Lane match was fine, but fans know Savannah. She's in the area. So you didn't really have that real, like, intense atmosphere that I think we would have got with Lane and Marty. Match was fine. After that is just another meh match in the uh, the besties in the ring versus the Carnies. Yeah, uh, this was a dream match for the St. Louis fans. They had been wanting it for a while. Um, we were able to make it happen because uh, PWF out of Jeffersonville, Indiana, like yep. the Carnies helped there or whatever. But the guy, crap, what's his name? PWF? Jimmy. Jimmy, guy that runs PWF, he he was cool with them coming and doing Circus Maximus. So we were able to make this match happen. Uh, it's a good match. Yeah, it was a good match. I mean, I found his hat. Like, I think it lived up to the hype of it. Right, being a dream and match. I, I wanted a t- two marquee matches with this, but I didn't want to book any names. So we were able to get this, and then the Gary Parnell. So th- this this helped like really form the card at the top, anyway. Yeah. This is a top-heavy uh, card. And then after that, I think it's intermission. And then we go right into uh, oh. Outlaw and uh, Prince Ali right. from the Disney movie Aladdin. Right, yeah, no. Rashid Ali. Oh. Rashid's good. Like, he, me and him had a talk, and I told him, you know, NWL, he was perfect for. Like, his character's good. He's a good promo. But, like, you know, in Anarchy, that's different. Like, we don't have weekly TV, obviously. <laughs> and these fans want to see you go out there and go. Mm-hmm. And Rashid's still working on it, and he's getting better and better. And 
he's a good dude. He's a hard worker. He helps set up. He helps tear down. Cleans he, canvases. He cleans the canvas. Like he does these things that these other young guys should all be doing. Not all of them do. Some but, of them sleep in their cars. But yeah, you know, hold on. Shane does help set up. Then he sleeps <laughs> in his car. But you know, there are guys though who don't that they show. <laughs> We have show every time we have a show, and I'll say there's a 2 p.m. setup. You'll have a young guy show up with someone on the card at, at 3 4 o'clock and then wonder why they're not on the show. And, and Rashid, you know, he always helps out. He asks what he can do better, and then he tries to apply it and improve. And that's what I like about him. And I think he has potential. Yeah. Uh, Outlaw, I think a lot can be said about him, but I mean, to summarize it, like, he's just good, man. Like, he's charismatic, he's good in-ring. Mike's one of the few people that I've ever met that he get. I, Mike gets over in front of any crowd, rather it's a smart crowd, rather it's a southern crowd, rather it's a friend, like, just a family show. Mike gets over in front of any audience, and not many people can do that. There are some people who can't get over... Unless it's like a work rate smart crowd, and some people can't get over in front of a southern crowd, they don't know how to work those crowds. And Mike can get over in front of anybody. I think it's because he he he's so adaptable with what he does. Right. Like maybe that. he pays him. I don't know. Oh, oh, maybe he does. <laughs> Mike's great. Yeah. Uh, after that, uh, lately Hoss has been thrown around a lot, yeah. and uh, but this is what I really feel was a solid Hoss fight with a. Uh, my personal young boy, Thomas Shire, trained to myself, and uh, KLD, another person I trained myself, with no help from anyone else. So this is actually the battle of my two Haas prodigies. Yeah, sure is. Uh, Shire's a guy that's, yeah, I don't think he's even hit his potential yet. Uh, he's always had it, but he's never had reps. Like, he would wrestle for, like, six months, then an injury would happen, wouldn't be around eight, nine months, and then it'd happen again. So now, I, I I don't know if he's working every weekend, but at least he's training every day again, yeah. and he is wrestling more, and it's consistent, and you can see it. He's getting better and better and better. And Kev, I mean, he, he's always know, good. How good Kev is, and this was a fantastic match. And I I feel like Kev has killed it on every show we've had him on, and he. He does great every time. This yeah. was a really good match. I trained them both well. You did. You did By a fantastic myself. job. God. This was really I, just a... I had no idea you worked at the Dory Funk School. Or you know what? Like, I did. I, and I, I worked at All Japan, too. Yeah, that's... Uh, following that is the title match, right? Mm. The Gateway Heritage. Yeah. Paco, whose rules are The two unknown. referees, which we... We and, blew uh, that. Uh, <laughs> we, had, we had wanted to do the... Uh, the stipulation, because that's you know what was a big thing in Anarchy, and Greg was cool with it, which I think he needs to get credit for. Like, we could have brought back our own our own belt again and did all that, but you know he, I, and he wanted to keep that lineage going, and he was pretty much cool with me doing what I wanted with the belt because yeah, you know, the team thing, right? But it's, but still, man, you spend money on a belt and yeah. I mean, he's letting he he's been really cool about it. So I wanted to bring back the stipulations, which he was cool with that. But we were kind of like working real quick to be like, what are these? Sti- what's it going to be? And it made sense for the two referees because some of the story that he was doing. Yeah. But then, like, there was a show where he only had one referee, 
And then at this particular show, like they had talked to Nick about not coming out. He was going to be involved later. And that was never relayed to me. So I'm sitting there thinking like, well, wait a minute. Where the fuck's the other ref? So I'm on the earpiece screaming like, where the fuck is Nick? Why isn't he out there? And it was a whole mess. And so the Paco two refs that really got fucked up. And I thought it came across like. I hate when things come across, I don't want to say amateurish, but come, like, just, they just come across bad. And, yeah. and when, unrefined. When, right, when Sarah's standing in the ring going, and per Paco's stipulation, he has two referees, and there's obviously only one fucking referee out there. Yeah. Sorry, Sarah. We didn't like, make like, you a liar. It, right, it makes her look bad, which isn't her fault, and it, 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 just, it just looks shitty. So I, I was real annoyed by that. But you know it's the Wyatt stipulation. I think we're back in the in the flow of it. But well, yeah. it wasn't. It was really. I don't know who. I that fault has to fall to me because it's not Paco's fault. No, he's good. But you're terrible. It, yeah, that that got all fucked up. And the person Paco wrestled. I don't know if we mentioned was uh, Christian by God Rose. Yeah, I love Rose. love Rose. I love talking about wrestling with Rose. Love reading that Twitter. We bitch about the same stuff. I love it. Yeah, I'll be happy when he can come back. Yeah, because he's dead to us right now. <laughs> after that, we have <laughs> can't talk to him unless he's an active roster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, after that, we have two out of three falls: Gary versus Jake. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, I, we needed a main event, and then, like, no offense to Paco or and Dan had the belt before him, but the return of Anarchy, like, I don't know. I, it needs I, a pillar. It need we needed a real big main event and. Gary and Jake were able to provide that. Um, they killed it. They've been feuding all over, so it made sense. We did a two out of three falls because that was Gary's title stipulation. So that had an anarchy feel to it. And, it, and, you know, you bring this bitter feud, and you can only just wrestle random places or new places so long. It was kind of neat that they were able to bring this feud into where Gary's an established top guy. Where Parnell was always here, but he was just in a tag team. He wouldn't have been considered like a top guy our first run. So yeah. he was able to come in, immediately be established as a top guy, because he had earned that right through the work he did in between Anarchies. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to have that match. That's it. I think Jake would have shown that. Like I always look back to his match with Danny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, a really good yeah. coming out party for both of them as singles competitors that the, our fans wouldn't have been like, oh, they would have been like, well, yeah, Jake and Alex, the Viking War Party, great team, or Danny right. and the Cause, great team. But like those two were able to have like this really good match. I feel really opened a lot of people's eyes to them. Sure, no, so, I agree. It was a great match. Yeah, um, we'll never talk about it again, <laughs> ever. Once we talk about it on the one show, it's never mentioned again. Well, because it's probably get deleted too somehow. <laughs> Uh, after that, um, not match people. We have Greg and Quinn. And Quinn debuts here. Yeah, Quinn uh, was cool in NWL. I wanted to bring her in the fold. Uh, she worked hard. She trained with Ace Steel for a while. Yeah. So it was neat to have her. Way to drop that name, buddy. Uh, buddy Shepard, yes. Uh, oh. I was real happy to have the Buddy Shepard character in Anarchy. I just really liked that character. And during those Casaloma days when Buddy was as over as fucking Hogan in New York during the 80s, <laughs> I, I like, man, I wonder what would happen if this character was in Anarchy. And it could have went one or two ways. Yeah, <laughs> just like Buddy in NWL, yeah. could have gone one or right. two ways. So it, that was really cool. Uh, so I, I'm happy we get to have that character. 
And but the big one to me is Greg, because Greg, maybe more than anyone else on the entire fucking roster, is probably the most improved if you're looking at it from well, yeah. when the doors closed in Anarchy to now. Because, you know, he was always just kind of there. He did a good job. Like, his commentary that him and my brother did for that Anarchy Rumble still, I think, is fucking hilarious. But <laughs> as far as on the screen, he was kind of just there. He And he never really got to sink his teeth in anything. And he started to at the end, but then Anarchy well, closed he, with he the was going to get to yeah. with the mask stable. That was going to be his... That was going to be his thing. But we didn't get to do it. But now, you know, through NWL, he just became this monster of a performer. And we're able to do these things now. And he talked about this on his podcast. I'll just reiterate it, I guess. Like, you so know, you like, don't need to go listen to it. <laughs> right? <laughs> if, Fuck you, Greg. Ha! Rivals. He, I allow, like, he can say whatever he wants on the Anarchy shows that it doesn't offend me. Like, rather he believes it, or part of him believes it, or whatever. Like, to me, that's what makes such good character promos, is yeah. that, that shred of it that where you are pissed off because mm-hmm. of whatever. And I feel that he does a good job, and I don't give a shit. It's not going to offend me. I know that he wants to be there, and he appreciates being there, so whatever. And I think it makes great fucking stuff for the show. Yeah. Uh, also, you mentioned a, a big monster. This is kind of the re-debut of Jake Durden. Yeah. Who had had two previous Anarchy showings, but never really stuck around. No, he teamed with Alex once. He wrestled Fitchett once. But I, I, it's just a thing where he worked He worked for Dynamo, and he was always like their top guy. And they would be pissed if he came and worked for us at all, much less if he ever worked for us and lost. So... Just easier not to use him, honestly, because... Well, you don't want to give him that heat. (coughs) Right, he would get heat from them, and they'd get all pissy if he did anything outside of their show, you know, locally. So, just easier not to use him, but coming off of NWL, I mean, my God, the man's such a great fucking performer. That stairwell promo is still so good. It'd be very hard to find on YouTube, but... He cuts a promo in NWL's first time he talks about like his wife and his kid. And it's fucking fantastic. He's too good of a performer not to use. And so I was like, well, we're going to use him this time. We're in a different place now than we were a year and a half ago. Yeah. So He's got a beautiful haircut, too. So, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, he, he's really good. And I'm happy we have him. Yep. Uh, we're going to take one more break. Talk to our sponsors real quick. Uh, which is just me recording something. <laughs> and we'll be right back because we want to make sure this audio saves. Oh, well, hey there, buddies. I didn't hear you come in. It's Buddy Shepard, of course. And if you're looking for the perfect gift for that special buddy in your life, or you just want a little something-something for yourself, why don't you come on down January 11th, Alton, Illinois, Spalding Hall, Gateway to Anarchy, and pick yourself up. One of those delightful little buddies. I got the little buddies and the big old buddies. Whatever size fits you, make sure you take Buddy home with you. I'll see you this Friday. My God, what a beautiful sponsorship promo it just <laughs> aired. Uh, thankfully, it did save. Uh, so, okay, real quick, like, like just thoughts. Like, um, yes, we did have a hell yeah, we're back moment. I know that was a question asked on Twitter. The only one. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, we're all, people are really clamoring for this. Yeah, podcast. maybe this is the one and done. Uh, was there anybody that you wished you could have had on the card that wasn't available? And were there any matches you wish you could have had? As far as Matt, not really. As far as matches, I wish Albert could have been there. Uh, you know, JoJo, Ricky, just some of those Anarchy guys that were there during our first run. You know, Cannon Corbin would have been cool, but you know, I was like, there's no real regrets about it. That's fair. Um, with that said, is there anything you thought about the show that you thought was like a hell yeah moment or was like... It was oh, cool this... that we trended. I mean, yeah? That was cool. Where did we trend at? Two, I think. Number two worldwide. Number one uh, in the local area, I think. I think so. Um, I don't know. I don't know the Twitters. And that was really cool just because we... The DVDs, is like production shit, was always a big headache the first run. Uh, so, what what made it a little bit easier this time? Powerbomb. So <gasps> having Powerbomb was real cool. So it was just cool to have a live stream. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was neat knowing in the area before it done that. So it was kind of neat to have it. And, you know, the trend was cool because, like, again, we had no name, no, no nothing. It was just a brand. So that was all cool stuff. Because uh, we'd come a long way because when we started, it was wrestling tapes. Yeah. Like, getting your matches on VHS was less than ideal when dvds came around it became a little bit easier but uh as a lot of people know we don't have half the anarchy footage it's lost yeah, stolen, stolen uh pissed on who knows <laughs> but now with power surely bomb, they didn't piss on our uh, hard drives they stayed. Uh, well, hopefully they were watching it maybe they just wiped them but well. uh, yeah so let's see what but hopefully this will be uploaded fine and you're listening to this on a Wednesday. So with that said, Friday, so two, two days, days away. Yep. We return to Alton, Illinois for Gateway to Anarchy. GA tickets still remain at PayPal.me slash St. Louis Anarchy for fifteen bucks. Front row is sold out. You can get that link by going to our Twitter at STL Anarchy. Or our Facebook at St. STL Anarchy. Anarchy. Yes. All the same. Instagram is the there. password. You know, when we first recorded this, we didn't yeah. have that Instagram password. It had been lost, but now we got it back. It is back. So there you go. Instagram is back on track. <laughs> uh, and again, if you uh, if you're here this Wednesday and you're like, "Well, I want to catch up on St. Louis Anarchy," everything we've done since we've come back, which has been three shows, is up on Powerbomb.tv. And again, if you use the promo code STL Anarchy, you get twenty days free, which would include the live stream Friday. Sure would. Right? Yeah. God damn. Four times we're getting pretty good at this. Yeah, so we're kind of uh, pros at this now. Yeah. But but the laptop's dead, so you can't see your notes, so you got to give your sign off. You remember the line? I do. Uh, What do we we call ourselves? The Buck Twin Double Mc... We are the (laughs) mid-card... Dollar Menu menu mid Yeah, you messed it up this time. bitch. The Submission Squad presents the Dollar Menu Mid-Carders. I'm Evan Jessica. That's Pierre Abernathy. Um... Make sure you've subscribed to us on all your favorite podcast apps. Download each episode. If you're on iTunes, give us a uh, comment, I think it is. Without my notes, I don't know. I'm sorry. I've done it four times and I kind of only remember it. Uh, give us a positive comment on iTunes, even if you hated what you heard, because you know you can still tell us what you didn't like and still, uh, still listen in. Yep. We will be back in what? Two weeks. Two weeks. Who knows what we'll even talk about then. Yeah, supposed to be King of Trios 2009. But who knows what? But we'll Gary do. doesn't really want to talk. Yeah, about Yeah, Gary it. don't want to sit and listen to us talk about that again. So we'll see what happens. So yeah, maybe it'll be more tampons. Who fucking knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows what kind of spot they'll be to talk about by then? Yeah, we need to think of a cool come out. All right, let's just end this. Done. <laughs>